God told me in my personal ministry that the month of August will be for you, Brad, a month of healing. A month of healing to proclaim. And I want to proclaim that with you this morning. And in the context of this gospel message, I want to tell you a story. August the 3rd, 2014. That's six years ago tomorrow. It was a Sunday. Sunday morning, I was serving uh, in the Church of the Nazarene where I was ordained and served for many, many years. And it was my Sunday to plan a special service for the church. And I said, I think we're going to plan a service of healing. Service of healing and prayer. And on that Sunday morning, we did things a little differently. We did them really much like we're doing them here. We did them with a beautiful liturgy. We invited the people to hear the word of the Lord and we proclaimed our faith as we're going to do in a few minutes with the Nicene Creed and we, we confessed our sins to one another. And present in the church that day were about roughly 600 people. We had the lights dimmed. We had a whole bank of candles up front. Candlelight is very special, you know. Candlelight is, it sits upon the, the altar tables and, and candles, we're told in the book of Revelation that candles, there's a seven branch candlestick before the Lord that represents the Holy Spirit. We're told that it, it is like our prayers along with the incense. In Revelation, it talks about Golden bowls full of incense. And, and I usually light a little bit of incense in our Wednesday evening prayer service. It's, they represent the prayers of the saints. And on that Sunday morning, in the midst of this beautiful setting, we came time after the confession to offer up the consecration of the Holy Eucharist. And it was during the time of the Eucharist that we invited people to come for healing. Prayer and healing. The anointing with oil, as the book of James has told us today. Is any among you sick? Then call the elders together and let them anoint the sick with oil. And it says the prayer of faith will make the sick one well. I didn't know what to expect that day. We'd actually never done a service like that in that church. And that day, we were overwhelmed because people came in droves. I've, it felt like all 600 came forward. We had, we had five stations across the front for each pastor to stand at and to anoint people and pray with them and to give them the Holy Communion. What an incredible, an incredible outpouring. It just it kept coming in waves. And I, my mind was drawn back to this scripture this morning. This is the gospel for today. If you look in our lectionary, this is the gospel for today. And it lines up perfect, perfectly with what I want to share with you about our compassionate healer. Over the five Sundays of August, I'm going to be sharing with you different attributes about the healing power of our God. And I call this sermon series, The God Who Heals. And in this passage, we see Jesus' compassion. Jesus, he's, he's ready for... He's ready for a break, the scripture tells us. That in the previous scripture, this previous chapter, we learned that, that he had just received the news 
of his cousin, John the Baptist, being brutally, violently murdered at the hands of the king, his head chopped off, as if to send a message to anyone who dares speak about there being another king, that Jesus might be a king. That message was loud and clear when they killed John the Baptist. And it says that that John's disciples then took his body and buried him, and they came and brought that message to Jesus. And we pick up the story this morning where it says, now Jesus heard this, and he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place. So we know he got in the boat off of uh, the seashore there, and he went on to another port and came to a secluded place, a deserted place, because he needed, in his humanity, he needed time away. Ministry was difficult work. Life is difficult work. Can I get an amen? Amen. So in the process of that, even Jesus in his humanity needed a break. He needed to get away. And so I have a question for us this morning. Who are we to think we don't need those kind of breaks? Sometimes we just go nonstop and we ignore our own health. I'm praying that No matter how busy your week gets during Monday to Friday and Saturday, of course, that when you come to church on Sunday, whether that's here or for those who can't be here who are watching us online, worshiping with us, I pray that this will be an hour of rest for you, an hour of peace, an hour of connecting with the Holy Spirit of God in ways you haven't all week long in ways that mean something more than we could imagine in the context of our lives and our worship together and our hurriedness. And so we find Jesus in this time because he knew that by getting away to a desolate place, to him that was a sacred place where he could commune with his father, then it was refreshing for him. It was renewing for him. I love that about church. You see, I I love, I'm going to confess something to you this morning. I love going to church. I would have services like this every day, but I know y'all wouldn't come. And truth is, I probably wouldn't get the rest of my work done. (laughs) But I love it. I love being in the house of the Lord, and I love singing and connecting in these praises. I love how these songs just quiet our hearts and begin to call us to a different level of praise. Scripture teaches us to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, the splendor of holiness. And I think that's what what a beautiful sanctuary does. I think that's what beautiful stained glass windows do. I think that's what candles do. I think that's what pyramids on the altar and the robes. I think it all helps draw us into this sacred place. We wouldn't dare call it desolate as Jesus needed that day, because it truly is a sacred place where Jesus communed with his Father and where we commune with Jesus. And let me give you my definition of healing. I'm going to repeat this throughout this month. You see, healing, we think of healing as a, as a cure of symptoms. But healing truly is so much more than that. Healing happens when we come into full communion 
with God our Father through Jesus Christ the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the mystical life of God. That is the triune life of God. And that is the life we're invited to partake of. Peter, the great apostle, in his epistle says, for we have become, speaking of we who believe in Christ, we who are worshiping Jesus, we who are trying to live the spirit-filled life, he says that we have become partakers of his divine nature. Wow. Think about that with me for a minute. You see, nothing impure, nothing sick, nothing that isn't whole can stand in the presence of our God. And and even right here on this earth, filled with sin and filled with heartache and filled with pain and sickness and disease and war, we can enter into a relationship with our God. And in those moments, we are free. We are whole. We are pure. Now all we have to do, we're healed. All we have to do is figure out how to stream that moment into the next and that moment into the next. And that moment into the next, until pretty soon we have a week filled with moments of healing because we're in the presence of God always. We're practicing the presence of God always. Well, Jesus found that everyone wanted to be in his presence always because here he had gone to spend time alone with his father and here come the crowds. The crowds are pressing in around him. And we see that picked up in the story. And and Jesus doesn't tell them, I just finished with you guys yesterday. Give me a break. Jesus doesn't say that. What does he do? He stops what he's doing. And it says he cured them. He cured them. He cured their sick. He healed them. We know they must have come with multitudes of Ailments, physical ailments, emotional ailments, family estrangements, all kinds of heartaches. But in the presence of the Lord God, Jesus Christ, the compassionate healer, he cured them all and they were healed. And then that must have taken all day because you can see that Finally, it's late. They lose track of time. You know, Jesus, with all of his power, he, he doesn't stop and say, hey, you guys, you know, why don't you all, the rest of you 500, you just, you're cured. Go on home. He took the time to minister to everyone. And we know there were over 5,000 people there. That was just the men. Doesn't count the women and children. Some scholars tell us there must have been at least 10,000 there. Can you even imagine how many of those 10,000 came forward to be healed? I was overwhelmed when it felt like 600 came forward. And I have no idea how many I laid hands on and anointed and prayed for and served the the blessed communion. I have no idea. But I know it was an incredible experience. So much so that at the end of that service, I was truly exhausted. I'd been struggling for about, well, that was August, since about May when I had uh, learned that the medicine that I took for my heart problem was no longer being made. And I was struggling in 2000 and, 
11, 12, I learned that I had a heart problem and I had a pacemaker implanted. It's actually a defibrillator because my problem is a rhythm problem. And I also had a, a diseased heart. That means it, it was called a disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I have to say that slowly. It's a mouthful. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's a common disease. One in 500 people has it. Some people live their whole life, never know they have it. Others are like basketball players who drop dead because of the exertion and they don't realize their heart has it. What it is, it's the thickening. Hypertrophic means to thicken the muscle. It's a thickening of the muscle of the heart. The genetic order of the, 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 the genes, the cells, do not form in the proper order when you're born with this disease. They form in a random, especially the left ventricle. It's where it attacks, that and the the wall between the chambers, that is where this disease attacks and it, it thickens over your lifetime, some more rapidly than others. Some people can live their whole life, never do they have it. And like I say, it presented itself to me in my late, in my late 30s and was misdiagnosed. I didn't know what was wrong. And so I kind of lived with, didn't have any blockages, so I just kept living with all these rhythm problems. But by the divine grace of God, I was given to a specialist who was able to diagnose it in me. And when they found that disease in me and he did the right test, he saw that the septal wall of my left ventricle, separating the left from the right and all the way around to the other side, that was twice as thick as what it normally should be. And what happens is it, it, the thicker it gets, it just won't pump very well. And so you're at risk for heart not pumping, and just going into fibrillation and sudden death, thus the defibrillator to shock. Now, I'm pleased to say to you, by the divine grace of God, my defibrillator's never gone off. Let me tell you why. Why I believe this defibrillator's never gone off. I'd take it out if I could, but I can't. Once it's screwed into the walls of your heart, it's permanent. But I, I take it out if I could, because that day, August the 3rd, 2014, at a healing service with so many people coming forward, the last person had been anointed and served. And I turned to the pastor standing next to me, who was the youth pastor, my friend Larry, and I said, Larry, would you anoint me for healing? I'm really struggling, because I have... This heart problem, you know, and I have this defibrillator, you know, but it, uh, the medicine is not being made anymore, and now I've developed AFib, and they want to put me on blood thinners, and I feel like I'm going the wrong direction. I'm too young for that. I, I don't want to do that. And I know that sounds selfish, but I just want the Lord to heal me. So he did. He took the oil and anointed me and then served me the Lord's Supper and prayed over me. 30 days later, I went to my cardiology appointment. And my cardiologist did the normal tests. And I said, well, doc, how's the AFib? And he says, it's gone, completely gone. In fact, the walls of your heart are almost normal. They're not as thick as they were. They're almost down to normal. And I said, wow. How do, you, how do you answer that, Doc? And he said, it's a miracle. 
It's absolutely a miracle. I told him about the healing service. I said, you know what I want you to do, Doc? Because we've got this fancy little thing in my chest, I want you to play back the tape. I want you to figure out what day did the AFib stop. He looked. August 3rd. August 3rd, 2014. No more AFib. Haven't had any since that day. I believe God healed me. Oh, yes, I still take my heart medicine. We found another one that helps rhythms, and I still get arrhythmias, but not AFibs. My heart lining is almost normal. I praise God for that this morning. I know what it feels like to have the healing hand of God touch. And from that moment on, the month of August was going to be about healing for me and my ministry. And August 3rd isn't a Sunday, some years it is. It's tomorrow. But today we're here on August the 2nd. And August the 2nd could be your day for healing. Now, I said in the beginning, you know, we often think of healing as just God removing all these physical ailments and pures, but that's really not what healing is all about. Healing is from the grace of God in so many ways. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at all of them. The many ways that God heals. And I I can't teach you all that in one sermon. But let's begin at the beginning. Let's begin with faith. Let's begin with faith in God. He has said to us through his word, come. Come. In his word to his disciples, that day they didn't know what to do. How are all these people going to be fed? Jesus said, you have everything you need right in your hands. Let's just bless it and see what the Lord does. And so he blessed those, those two little uh, fish and those five loaves and, or whatever it was, five and two. And, and the Lord just multiplied them. So as we come to a time, we're going to, we're going to stop and we're going to confess our sins to one another. And we're going to, we're going to consecrate the Holy Eucharist. And then you're going to be invited to come forward and there is within your worship folder a little kind of golden card. And on that golden card, I want you to, I want you to, we'll do this every week. You don't have to participate today if you're not ready. But I want you to think about what is it that you really desire the healing hand of the Lord for. And I want you to write it out. You can write it out in a sentence. You can just put initials, whatever it is to you. That is your card. You and God will see it. But here's what we're going to do with those cards. We're going to put those cards in this little round basket when when and if you come forward. Again, this may not be your day that you want to participate, but you're welcome to. Everyone is always welcome. But then I'm going to take those cards and I'm going to add them to the board in the hallway right here in the vestibule. And that's going to become for us a wall of prayer. We're going to have those little gold cards on that board. And as God begins to answer them, you're going to share whether God answers them or not over the coming weeks, coming months. But we're going to go right up there and we're going to put a little note right on top of each one that gets answered. You'll know when God answers them.